Well, I hope you had a chance this week to uh, celebrate with uh, friends and family and just, uh, just celebrate the uh, freedoms, the blessings that uh, we enjoy because we happen to be born in this uh, nation and uh, all the things that go with that. And uh, uh, now I, I was reminded that this week again that, uh, you know, that even as we celebrate our independence as a nation, uh, that we, can, we should remember and uh, commit ourselves to uh, depend on God and that when we do that, He is faithful and uh, so many different ways. He's taught me that in my life and reminded me of that again this week. And so um, I'm just grateful for those opportunities to, uh, to uh, remember and to, uh, to try to depend on Him more and more. And I, I suppose as we continue in this series road trip, you know, as, as we learn to depend on God more, uh, it becomes more and more evident that, uh, y- you know, he's making such a difference in our lives that, that other folks should have that same relationship. They should enjoy that same, uh, that same growth and, and that same experience of, of God's faithfulness in their life. And just sharing that story is absolutely worth it. And we're going to talk this morning about how we can do that better and, and why it it's maybe a little bit difficult, but uh, you know, I just wanted to share some ideas about how you can share uh, the story of Jesus this summer, and I, I came across this video with this idea. All right, well, maybe that's not the best way to share the story of Jesus this summer, uh, but I think we can share the story of Jesus with our lives, and as we examine 
Paul's first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13. We're going to take a look at a large section of scripture this morning. In Acts chapter 13, beginning with verse 13, we're going to run through uh, verse 52 this morning as we consider three truths about how we can share the story of Jesus well uh, with our lives. Acts chapter 13, we're going to begin in verse 13. If you're using the uh, Wallula app, if you haven't downloaded the Wallula app, you should do that. Go to the app store, wherever you download your apps and find Wallula. Just search for Wallula. You'll find that app, download it. You can find the scripture reference and the outline that's in your bulletin on that app. You can stay up to date on all the happenings here at Wallula Christian Church, so take a minute to do that. Uh, you might be using the Uversion app. You can find Wallula Christian Church under the events tab, and that will have the outline and the scripture reference. Acts chapter 13, beginning with verse 13, three truths to sharing the story of Jesus well with our lives. This is what God's word says. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak up. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God, of the, people, uh, the God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of the country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness, and he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, who do you suppose I am? I'm... I, I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they have found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now as witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it was written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay, as God has said, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David, so it is also stated elsewhere, you will not let your... You will not let your Holy One see decay. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed, but the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. 
Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and the devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went on to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. All right, so there's a lot there in that story. And we're going to try to do our best to unpack that as we consider these three truths. Truth number one is that sharing the story isn't easy. Verse 13, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. Uh, as we read through, as we work our way through this series we're calling Road, Road Trip, we're going to read that, hey, Paul and Barnabas went from this place to that place over and over and over again. Uh, we, we just uh, are reminded that they're on this road trip, that they are traveling from city to city, from region to region, sharing the story of Jesus. And try something different. Let's see how that goes. You know what's ironic? Is my next story is, all, is about uh, how uh, five things that technology hasn't improved. You know, there's, there's these five things that technology hasn't improved, it, and uh, you, when you think about it, these are really true. Handwriting, technology hasn't improved handwriting. It's probably been a detriment to handwriting, right? We don't, we don't handwrite things anymore where we thumb write things, you know? We, we do all that. We send emails. We don't, so our handwriting has sort of not improved. Uh, you know, uh, this morning I had to iron a shirt to look presentable right when you think about it uh, the way we keep clothes wrinkle free hasn't really improved in the last 50 years or 100 years right the technology is basically sort of the same uh, last time you unclogged the toilet you were reminded right everybody has to do that nobody likes to talk about that right everybody's done that before you unclog the toilet you did it the same way your grandparents unclogged the toilet right that technology has not improved uh, this morning you know I like I 
said, I, you know, take some time trying to get this presentable. And you might be like, well, you didn't take enough time. But I did, you know. And, and one of the things I did was I shaved this morning. And really the technology, you have more choices for shaving. But kind of if you want the closest shave you can get, it's sort of that straight razor that the cowboys were using in the 1800s. You know, the technology really hasn't improved that. And I suppose that in the last 50 years, even as we travel from place to place and maybe the speed limit has increased and all those sorts of things and technology has given us more choices, the way we travel really hasn't changed. And, and some people will say, I really, I love to travel. I enjoy travel. And what they really mean is that I love to experience a new culture, a new place. I want to see the, you know, what's going on in this new location. I don't really know anybody who says, you know what I really love to do is I love to go through airport security, right? I mean, I, what I really would love to do is I love to drive for 20 hours to this place in, in the United States. You know, we don't, we don't really mean we love to travel. The process can be just a little bit difficult. Right now, it's, it's way easier than it was, you know, thousands of years ago. But even as we read Acts chapter 13, verse 13, and we see Paul and Barnabas going from place to place along with John Mark, and that travel was difficult, you know, we're reminded that travel at that point had become so, the easiest travel that it had been in years and years and years. The Roman Empire and the roads made this road trip possible for Paul and Barnabas and they were on this trip and but it was hard it was hard to uh, endure that sort of travel and in verse 13 we see that John Mark this this kid basically this young man who had been invited along on this journey had decided he wanted to learn as much as he could about sharing the gospel and ministering he he's enduring this travel and for whatever reason he decides man this is hard you know, and, and Bible scholars will sort of debate about why John Mark leaves. We don't really know. Some Bible scholars say, well, you're going to see a shift in leadership from Barnabas to Paul. And, and you kind of do right around chapter 13 of the book of Acts. You'll, you'll read uh, before that, you, you'll read Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas and Saul are on this trip. Barnabas and Saul are going to this place. And right around chapter 13, you begin to see this sort of shift where it's Paul and Barnabas. There's kind of this change in leadership. And, and some people say, well, well, uh, John Mark was a cousin to Barnabas and he didn't like this change in leadership, so he left. Maybe that's true. We don't really know. Uh, maybe he was just homesick. You know, verse 13 uh, says that he returns to Jerusalem. And so I, I think maybe the travel was just really hard and he was homesick. He was a young man. He wanted to go back and, and see mom and dad and all that stuff. And, and so maybe that's why he chose to leave. We don't really know. But verse 13 reminds me that, hey, this travel was hard. Sharing the story of Jesus in my experience, in my life, has just been a hard thing to do. You know what? It's, it's difficult. It's tough. And uh, oh, it's worth it. And we're going to go on and, and read about that and, and figure that out. But, but it's, it's hard to do. And we just have to admit in, in the beginning that this first truth is really, well, true. That sharing the story isn't easy. Verse 14 goes on to say, From Perga they went to the Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath they entered the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. So one of the things we figure out is that Paul and Barnabas, they had this plan whenever they entered a city. They had this plan for the best way 
to share the story of Jesus. And, and over and over again, they're going to go into a town, they're going to go into the city, and they're going to find the synagogue, and they're going to show up at the synagogue, and they go to worship at the synagogue, and, and the same thing tends to happen, maybe because of Paul's background as a Pharisee, maybe because they're just traveling teachers, they show up at the synagogue, and they're provided with this opportunity to share the story. They entered the synagogue and sat down, and after the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them saying, brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. So they had this opportunity to share the story. Over and over again, probably this week, you're going to be provided with opportunities to share the story of Jesus. Whether that's through just a, a, a simple, random kind of act of kindness, right? Just displaying the love of Jesus in a really simple way. You're going to be provided with that opportunity to share the story of Jesus. And we have to decide whether or not we're going to grab hold of that opportunity. Whether or not we're going to accept that challenge. Even though it's, it's hard to do sometimes, we have to decide whether or not we're going to do that. And, and I really think that, that sort of what we have to do as we make that decision, perhaps this morning, the first step before that opportunity is presented to us this week, maybe the first step this morning is we sort of need to sit back and we kind of need to analyze where are we at. We need to take sort of our spiritual temperature, right? See how, where we're at in our relationship with Jesus, uh, Bill Hybels, who's a, a preacher and an author, he said this, when mature believers have a proper understanding of their spiritual inheritance, they cannot stop this knowledge from spilling over into other people's lives. One of the most effective ways to be an evangelist is to manage your life in such a way as to stay mindful of your inheritance in Christ. Stay ever aware of the character of God. Never forget the magnitude of the transformation that has taken strangers and converted them into sons and daughters of God. We need to take our spiritual temperature and kind of gauge where are we at in our relationship with Jesus. How, how important is that to us? And if, if we kind of fall on our, our spiritual temperature to the cold side, then perhaps, probably... We're not paying close enough attention. We're not reminding ourselves on occasion enough the difference that Jesus has made in our life. We're not reminding ourselves of, of how amazing and how awesome and how huge it is that he's invited us into his family, that he's made this way for us to be co-heirs with him to be brothers and sisters together on the same team. Uh, I wonder, you know, as, as we read through this road trip that Paul and Barnabas are on in the book of Acts, this first missionary journey, and over and over we read that, hey, Paul and Barnabas, they go into a city and they go to the synagogue. And we'll talk about, well, this is, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It's really good strategy. If you're trying to share with people about Jesus, then you want to go to a place where spiritual things are important to them. And so Paul and Barnabas, as they show up at the synagogue where there are other Jewish folks, with, God is important to them. And there are other folks who have decided on their own that this creator of the universe ought to be important to us. And we're going to come and we're going to worship and we're going to study him. And that makes perfect strategic sense. 
But I wonder if not a piece to this puzzle is that Paul understood how important it was for him to remind himself of the difference that God has made in his life. And what if one of the reasons that Paul and Barnabas show up first as they enter this city to a synagogue isn't just the strategic decision, the best place to share the story, but they show up at the best place to hear the story, and they show up at the best place to be reminded of God's faithfulness. You know, we, need to, we need to decide and we, we need to remember that sharing the story isn't easy, but that it's so worth it. And the best way for us to remember how worth it it really is, is to, to do what we're doing this morning, to gather together and to be reminded of the difference that he's made and, and continues to make and will make in our lives for all of eternity. Truth number one is that sharing the story isn't easy. Truth number two is that God's story is for you and it's for me and it's for everyone. Look at how, this, how our scripture continues in verse 16. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. So Paul is invited to speak and he stands up and he begins this, this sermon, this message by saying, hey, I'm talking, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to you and I'm talking to you. This story that I'm about to share is for every one of us no matter our background no matter where we come from no matter how we got here today this story is important to every one of us and verse 16 stands as a as a as a verse that includes everyone in the story and then he just lays it out beginning of verse 17 he just shares the story he starts sort of at the beginning and he tells the story all the way through jesus for the god of the people of israel chose our ancestors he made the people prosper during their stay in egypt with mighty power he led them out of the country for about 40 years he endured their conduct in the wilderness and he overthrew seven nations in canaan giving their land to the people as their inheritance all this took about 450 years after this god gave them judges until the time of samuel the prophet then the the people asked for a king and he gave them Saul son of Kish of the tribe of Benjamin who ruled 40 years after removing Saul he made David their king testified God testified concerning him I found David son of Jesse a man after my own heart he will do everything I want him to do all right, so he, he starts at the beginning of the history of Israel, and he, he lays this out, and, and really he's recounting these four important things about the history of, of Israel and the faithfulness of God to his people. He says that God is the God of Israel. He's the lone, single uh, God who is worth worship. He chose the patriarchs for himself. He set up these patriarchs for, for us to remember and to follow after. He redeemed, God redeemed his people from, from Egypt, rescued them from slavery, and he provided them with the promised land. He continues all of that. He continued all of that faithfulness through his descendant David. And so he just maps out this history of Israel, reminding them of these four significant ways that God was faithful to his people and then he continues the story in verse 23 from this man's descendant 
descendants God has brought to Israel, the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, who do you suppose I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, he's including everyone again. It is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and the rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now as witnesses to our people. And so Paul begins with these four significant ways that God was faithful to the people of Israel. And then he continues that story from the time of David to to David's descendant, Jesus. And he, he talks about four ways that God has continued to be faithful through his son, Jesus, that Jesus was crucified and that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead on that third day. And that many people saw him and are witnesses to the resurrected Jesus. Paul counting himself among that, that, that crowd. And so there, there are these four huge ways that God has remained faithful to each of us and to his people through his son, Jesus. He lays out this story of God's faithfulness. As we, as we remember that the story is for every one of us. We're reminded a couple of different times that Paul says, hey, I'm talking to you, sons of Abraham. I'm talking to you Gentiles who fear God. And then in verse 38, the language becomes even more inclusive. The language changes just a little bit. Therefore, my friends, or some of your translations are going to say brothers or brothers and sisters, and I I like that translation better, my brothers and sisters. I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law. He shares this great news that Jesus provides this opportunity for every single one of us, not just to be included in that synagogue worship, but to be included in God's family. Uh, That language shifts just a little bit from my Jewish brothers and sisters or sons of Abraham and, and Gentiles who fear God to brothers and sisters simply. That's it. We're all family. We're all, every one of us, no matter of our background, no matter of our family history, no matter of our our social standing, no matter uh, the city we're from, no matter where we were born, no matter any of that stuff, no matter the list you can make that you fit in or you don't fit in, no matter any of that, every one of us is in the same boat. We fall short of God's holy standard and we are in desperate need of a savior and that savior has been provided to us through jesus who's made a way for us to be cleaned up enough to stand before god it's for you and it's for me and it's for every one of us who will accept that invitation who will say yes to that invitation 
God's story is for you and me and everyone. Let's look at truth number three, that we can be a part of his story. Verse 42 says, as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Uh, where we need to begin as we, as we uh, decide that, hey, we can be a part of his story and we look for ways to do that, we need to begin maybe by just learning more. And that, that's what these folks did, right? They said, hey, we want to hear more about this story. We want to learn more. And there are so many different ways that you can learn more about the story of Jesus and how you can participate in that story here at Wallula Christian Church. If you're new to Wallula, you want to be a part of our Closer Look class. The next one is several weeks away, but you should sign up to be a part of that Closer Look class at the Next Step station. Put your name on that list. Lori, our connections uh, director, is going to reach out to you and remind you of that date coming up, and, and you can learn more about his church here and what Wallula is doing in Leavenworth and Wyandotte County and how we can participate in that story and be a part of his story. Uh, very soon, in the next month, our, our small groups will begin and we can grow together in those small groups and study together and hear God's word and really dive in to his word together as we study that passage, uh, as we study God's word together uh, more in those small groups. And so you want to be on the lookout for the beginning of those small groups. Look at verse 44, though, because it's a little bit interesting. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. More and more people had this opportunity to hear uh, about God. And in, in our small groups, man, we want to be able to say at Wallula Christian Church, nearly the whole church gathered in small groups, right? In order for that to be possible, the, the, the first thing we need here at Wallula Christian Church is, is folks, more folks willing to lead small groups, if you've been thinking about leading small groups, if you've been thinking about that opportunity, you need to take advantage of that. Grab hold of that chance. Reach out to Lori, our connections director at lori at wallula.org, or you can talk to me. Uh, you can send me an email, Lance at Wallula. All that information is in your bulletin. Reach out to us. Uh, just find a way uh, to, to search out that opportunity to study small groups. Sharing the story of Jesus is hard. You know, that's true. Leading a small group is not easy, but it's not impossible. I, I just finished uh, coaching my daughter's uh, softball. Our season is over. My daughter's softball season is over for the summer, and so I'm sort of rejoicing about that. I had a lot of fun, but it, it's kind of good to have a break, right? And, uh, and I was reminded this season, you know, in, in girls' fast-pitch softball, as you get older, there are fewer and fewer girls who pitch and fast pitch softball and coaches talk about this windmill motion and and fast pitch softball like it's some kind of secret like it's some kind of mystery that can't be solved and really you know you know repeating anything right no matter what that is what skill you're trying to develop there's no secret to this right it requires the same thing over and over again you, you, the person who wants to develop that skill has to have a little want to they have to have the desire the willingness to do it and then they need to prepare. You know, they need to study. They need to learn. They need to figure out. These are the mechanics involved. They need to prepare. And then, oh, by the way, a coach would be helpful. 
somebody to kind of point out, hey, this is what you're doing well, and this isn't what you're doing so well. This is what you need to improve. That's really helpful. And then finally, you need opportunity to do that. And no matter the skill you're trying to develop, no matter how you're trying to serve, really those four things are always true. And while sharing the story of Jesus in a small group setting, leading a small group isn't easy, it really requires those four things. It requires a little want to, a little willingness. I, I, I'll give this a try. I feel like maybe God is saying, you ought to give this a try. I'm going to give this a try. So you have a little want to. And then you prepare. You know, we, we won't just send you out. We'll help you, on the, help you on the way. There are training sessions that will be going on over the next month or so. And, and we, can, we can start you on that journey to leading a small group. And a coach is really helpful. One of the great things about the small group systems here at Wallula is that an option is just a sermon-based small group. And so you're just going to study the passage that was preached on that last week. And you'll have discussion questions that go over that passage. And, and so just by showing up at church, just by listening to that message on Sunday morning, you, you're being coached as to, hey, this is what that passage is about, and these are the things that maybe you need to investigate further and, and think about further, and here are the questions that are going to be asked about that topic. And then finally, hey, there will be tons of opportunity for you to do that. And so we, we can share the story of Jesus. Even though it's hard, we can continue to do that as we, uh, as we grab hold of that chance. Let's look at verse 45. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Sharing the story of Jesus isn't easy. There will always be some opposition. There will always be a hurdle to cross, too. Verse 46 continues to say, Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. All who were appointed for eternal life believed. That's sort of a weird way to, to have this conversation, but Paul is just highlighting that Hey, this story is for everyone, and, and even folks who, who maybe from the, the crowd's perspective didn't come from the right background, when they said yes to Jesus, they were made a part of his family. They believed, and they were received by God into his family. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and were expelled from the region. Again, we're just reminded that, man, this story isn't simple and it's not easy to do. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went on to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So everyone who heard the story and accepted it, all the way, even to Paul and Barnabas, who were being chased out of town. They were being chased out of town, and they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. You know, isn't that amazing? That when we live a life, no matter how difficult it is, no matter the, what life throws at us, right? We've all faced those things that life has, has thrown at us, and we continue to, and you'll face them in the future. But no matter what life throws at us, when we live a life completely submitted to Jesus, we can live a life to the full, which I think is just another way of saying a life that's filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. My son is, is uh, going to be a senior in high school this year, and so he's been talking about, you know, where he's 
wants to go to college, and he has no idea, and that's fun. And, and he's trying to figure out, as 17 and 18-year-olds do in life, hey, what do I, where do I want to go to college? Because what do I want to study? What do I want to do with the rest of my life, right? Such an unfair question we ask of 17-year-olds, I suppose. But he's trying to figure that out. And one of the things he's talking about is, is children's ministry. He's thinking about going into ministries, full-time career. And uh, we were talking about that with my folks, and, and my mom reminded me that when I was heading off to Bible college, and in Bible college when I decided, hey, you know what I think I want to do is I want to be a youth pastor, and my mom was not crazy about that idea. You know, she thought, well, I don't know, you know, there's all kinds of reasons that she shouldn't do this. And uh, we were having that conversation, and she said, well, I just thought, you know, Lance, maybe you'd be something like a doctor. And I said, seriously, Mom? I mean, you saw my math and science grade. You thought, doctor? Really? Not, not to mention, I never even made it through an entire episode of ER. You know, that wasn't going to be the deal. Well, she said, well, maybe not doctor, but how about plumber? I said, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I've done some plumbing, but the last time I did it, Sherry had to fix it. I don't know if plumber was going to work out either. You know, uh, I said, Mom, I just kind of think I'm stuck. You know, maybe this is what I was supposed to do. And what I don't want you to hear from that story is that to, to live a life fully submitted to Jesus means you're working in full-time ministry. That's not the point at all. But wherever you are and whatever God has called you to do, if you're doing that with all of your heart, living fully submitted and devoted to him, you know, no matter what life throws at us, you know, it's going to be hard to remember it in the middle of those seasons, I understand, but no matter what life throws at us, we can be filled with joy, and the Holy Spirit helps us through that. We're reminded of that here in Acts chapter 13. It's not easy to share the story but it's for every one of us, and it's so worth doing. We can be a part of his story, absolutely. We all begin in the very same place. This summer's been crazy. We've been, we've been here and there, sort of like Paul and Barnabas for different reasons, right? Our, our, my son, Clayton, is playing on this baseball team, and he's been playing all over the place. This weekend, Sherry is with him in St. Louis, playing in a baseball tournament. It's just been nuts. It's probably a bad decision on our part. But anyway, that's what we've been doing this summer. And recently, I was, I was with him. He was playing in Dallas, Texas. And we were in Dallas, and, and we were at this hotel, and it was hot. It was like 102 degrees the whole week it, when it wasn't raining. It was just, anyway. And so we're, we're playing baseball, and he comes back that night, and we get back to the hotel really late, and his uniform is just a mess. And I think, oh, I wish your mom was here. We're going to have to figure this out, and there's a washing machine down at the end of the hallway on that floor, but I knew that it took quarters, right? I didn't have any quarters. It's about midnight. I'm thinking, you know, the last thing I want to do is to go out somewhere and buy some quarters. I don't want to do that. And so I take his ball pants while my son is sleeping, by the way. I'm not bitter. I take his ball pants. And I go into the bathroom, and I think, you know, I'm just going to do this old school. I get some soap and the water, and I start to kind of scrub them in the, in the bathtub, and I'm going to town, and I realize I am not doing any good. This is the dumbest thing that I've tried, at least today. 
And I wring those suckers out, and I'm like, that's good enough. He's going, you know, it'll be fine. I hope he doesn't smell the worst. That's it. I wasn't making any progress. Folks, there's some really terrible news. Every one of us is a little bit. Myself, I smell the worst. Trust me, I'm telling you the truth. But we're all like those ball pants. We're dirty, we're sinners, we miss the mark. We are all absolutely in that boat. And there's all kinds of different ways that we try to jump into the bathtub and to scrub ourselves clean. And every one of them is as futile as my attempts to clean those stinky baseball pants. I desperately needed help. Every one of us is in that same boat in desperate need of a Savior. And if we've said yes, if we are living that life filled with joy, helped along by the Holy Spirit, man, how in the world can we keep that to ourselves? Let's stand and worship Him.